Friday Night Groove with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., better known as R.B.J. for short. And every Friday, my goals provide you with some of the finest cuts of soul, jazz, electronic, alternative, indie, and pretty much everything between. And in this episode, the Ann Arbor-based singer, songwriter, and guitarist known as Danny Darling returns to the program as we feature an interview on the release of her latest project, The Future. So, we're going to go ahead and kick this program off with a self-titled track from her last EP, Mage, and afterwards, we're going to get to a short mix of Danny Darling's previous releases. The interview will follow shortly after. So until then, stay tuned. Peace. Thank you. And enjoy. Like to relate 
88.3 WXLU-FM, Auburn Hills, Michigan. You are tuned in to the Friday Night Groove with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., better known as RBJ for short. And right now, I'm joined by the Ann Arbor bass singer, songwriter, Gemini, Virgo Moon, <laughs> and Leo Rising. Yes. Danny Darling. Yes. Discuss the release of her Lace EP, The Future. Danny, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm really good. <laughs> great, great. So, as of this recording, we are five days out of retrograde and two days removed from your latest EP release. Yes. Um, these two things don't often coincide. So, if you had to describe your week in one word, what would it be? Um rewarding mm. i think is the word that i would use um just because we've worked so hard on this and it's been a long time coming or at least it feels like it i guess six months or six to seven months isn't that long but it feels like a long time when you're you know in a staying place and you know it's day in and day out and it's full effort like um it really felt rewarding to release it to start to see it kind of take on its own life and see people kind of you know hear listen to it and react and that was really special i would say like once i release a project it belongs to the streets now it's not mine So this will be your latest project since your last EP made dropped back in November. Um, people who listen to this can tell that you've taken, you know, a significantly different path from that last project. Um, so yeah. just how long have you been planning on crafting um, music like this? I think, honestly, I've kind of had two kind of specific paths, like Danny, the recording artist and Danny, the performance artist. And so it's always been a thing where like, I kind of have a set of songs that I wrote that I play with my band, some of which still aren't recorded, <laughs> which I gotta work on that. So I have like stuff that I write that I record uh, on my own typically. Um, and that's kind of like, because out of, you know, necessity and the, the limits and my own abilities, like I can produce a song, but engineering to record a whole band was just like beyond my scope. So what I used to do was kind of have these two separate existences where like I have a repertoire that the band does that's different music that I wrote than stuff that I do in the studio. And this was really just merging the two where like I'm writing songs that the band will perform and actually be part of the project as well. So that was really big for me to be able to like kind of marry the two worlds a little bit kind of merge Danny Darling, the artist, with Danny Darling, the band. And I think that was something I always was hoping to be able to do eventually. I feel like you don't really care, acting brand new. Just hanging so quiet up there. I feel like a fool. I feel like a fool. You were there. She sent you. Did she send you? Who sent you? Who sent you? And if you just fallen through and I come to I know Um and a big part of that, um, you know, having the you know the access and the resource to do that was the Amplify Washington um initiative. So how did you initially kind of get involved with that? I think, you know, like my, as far as the Ypsilanti music circle, we're all pretty tight knit. Like we play so many shows together. Any given summer, like I'm on a bill with several bands that are good friends of mine that, you know, we all kind of 
We've had jams at, you know, Sin House is this house down by the Ypsilanti Transit bus station. There's just other bands born out of our community and we're all pretty tight. And then once Grove Studios got started, we kind of looked to them for, to keep us on track as far as like events, things going on. And when they announced that they were doing this fellowship, yeah, it popped right up. Cause you know, we're all in the same kind of music groups and, and things like that. So yeah, and I was like, wow, this would be really cool. <laughs> um, I, I have applied and tried for a lot of different like fellowships, initiatives, and it never went well. So I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, I never win these kinds of things, you know, Motown Accelerator, the title, like, you know, you get really far, but never got, you know, the big prize. So I just was hesitant, but it all worked out. And I think it was really um, meant to be with the way that it all plan worked out and panned out with the Amplify Fellowship. They've been amazing. It was an amazing experience. With the Amplify Washington um, Fellowship being targeted towards, you know, artists in that community and mm -hmm. African-American artists, um, yeah. how much did it mean for you as someone who's, you know, done work in that community for so long to have a grassroots organization you know, like dedicated to like recognizing talent there? I thought that was so amazing. Like it just, you know, you see it was last summer. So a lot of stuff was going on with like you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. And you were seeing all these companies and all these like kind of reactionary, uh, um, you know, vows of, you know, we're gonna do better by the black community. We're gonna start this program or that program. But I didn't really think that, you know, I'm like scrolling, watching all these things go on. And I never really think it's going to reach me specifically, you know? So um, I think once I saw that, I think it wasn't until probably after I applied and won and really started to think in hindsight that, you know, some of that stuff was a result of everything that transpired last summer and that um, I'm really grateful that it actually touched my life personally um, because, you know, it was a hard situation as community trauma of it all. Uh, so I think it was a really beautiful way to kind of pour into black lives in the community and in the music scene because yeah we do sometimes feel like we're you know in a rat race <laughs> so one of the things that you know along with um you know amplifying um you know artists um for someone who is you know prior to amplify you know you you more or less kind of did everything by yourself Mm -hmm. um, with them giving you, you know, financial resources and studio access, how did that free you up creatively um, for this project that you have, that you already put out into the world? It really, really helped because I was able to kind of like, like just dream and verbalize certain things and then have, you know, Taylor help like make that happen. And I mean, the thing is like, to be clear, what the fellowship did for me specifically was help me pay for Taylor as my engineer. <laughs> and he was, you know, amazing. Like he took what I, what, he heard my vision. He understood what it was that I wanted and understood how to get from point A to point B when it comes to live recording. You know, he's worked with Anna on um, in Honey Monsoon for years before this, and you know they have the band and they've recorded as a band and all that. So like, really being able to lend all that experience and effort to the project was really the difference because we were able to, you know, at the network that he has also was able to be like, okay, you want horns, 
get on the phone, call, and all of a sudden we got a trumpet, trombone, and saxophone ready to go. It was just amazing. So like being able to dream up that kind of thing, but then also being able to feel like he knew one of my apprehensions was like kind of letting go of control of things. Um, so I was really involved in the mixing process and um, everything was very collaborative with the decision making and how you know I wanted it to sound and how I wanted it to come out. So it was just an amazing experience being able to have actual help and someone who knows more than me on certain things. Yeah, I wouldn't, I spent all my money on, like they allotted us, you know, budget. And, um, you know, I was like, all right, give it to Taylor. <laughs> and it was worth it, so. Money well spent from anyone yeah, who listens. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to Fundamental Sound Co and Grove Studios because that's where we did our initial studio sessions until I ran out of time. I got greedy with time, so. WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This is the Friday Night Groove. You just heard part one of my interview with Danny Darling. We'll get to part two after a quick commercial break. But before we get there, you can hear Danny's tune, The Sublime. Peace. Thank you. And stay tuned. Protesters out today over the killing of George Floyd after a night of nationwide violence. Parts of Atlanta crashed. Minneapolis set on fire. The coronavirus a national emergency. Raise billions for the fight as America contracts to slow the rapidly spreading pandemic. The number of cases in the U.S. Cases in the U.S. Can I go back to the beginning? WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This is the Friday Night Groove. If you're just tuning in, we're about to get to part two of my interview with Danny Darling. Before we get there, though, you can hear Danny's cover of Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, which she performed live at Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Audio credit from this event goes to Taylor Greenshields of Fundamental Sound Company. Peace, thank you, and enjoy.
So just talking about those recording sessions, um, you know, this project is called The Future. How did that title come out of that, those sessions? Um, well, it was a New Year's Eve session. Like we didn't know what to do. It was still a pandemic. We had, had an amazing session on the winter solstice and that's where the age was recorded. Um, and so after we finished that song, after like the last note eased out, we were like, I had my eyes closed and I opened my eyes and looked around and they were all like, whoa. We were like, oh, that was so fun. And that was our first song that we, our first session. And I just was like, we got to do this again. Let's just do an all nighter, you know, for New Year's. And so um, we went in there and, and I took all my little ideas and we definitely strayed from those ideas. And it was, it was the hopeful energy that we all felt the night on New Year's Eve that I think I wanted to talk about in the album. I knew I wanted to do a psychedelic soul EP or album, but I, I had to figure out, okay, what is it gonna be about? Like, I don't wanna necessarily give this whole social commentary or, you know, try and speak on the situations that are going on. Cause like, I don't know, you know, like I'm a musician, my strengths are <laughs> songwriting. I mean, so I think for me, I just thought about how much I love New Year's and how excited I was on that day to get in the studio and play with my friends and be able to create. And also just like the, the way I always feel on New Year's Eve, you know, you just get dressed up Everyone's kind of like, you know, crying happy or crying sad and letting some itch go. Regardless, I think New Year's Eve is just really powerful. It's not an astrological holiday, but I think it's like a man-made power that happens when we all kind of count down together. And like at that moment, at least every hour, depending on time zone, <laughs> everyone's just excited about the future. and. You know, you think of the ball dropping and like the future coming at you it can be very intergalactic as well. And there was just a part in the night where we started with the with the kind of random chaos of the interlude. And actually with about 10 more minutes into that, we I started singing future. And then that's how that whole thing started. Like that song started with that. You went to the store and came back. And then it eventually transformed into what is now the future. That was kind of the, the benchmark of the whole night, I think. One of the things I did want to touch on that you said is that um, there was an effort to, despite the, all those recorded sessions, keep all that energy down to about EP length, 30 minutes. I think um, with, with the budget that we had and everything, I knew that doing a full length album was going to be too expensive, especially for the ideas that I had in mind. I mean, we brought in horn section, I found James and hopefully he'll stay with us forever because <laughs> um, we just vibe so well. But we brought in Six Mile Strings. Uh, they're playing on the down and the future. It's just a lot of, we had different bassists, even though Yosef was on the, the benchmark ones, the first one, the interlude and the last one, there was a different bassist for each one. And um, hiring out, I, it just was, it was really expensive. So we knew that it had to be, you know, achievable, <laughs> a length and achievable amount of songs and ideas. So we got all these hours of music and I was like, oh my God, what, oh, this is so much. And Taylor was like, okay, come back from the ledge, come back. And uh, he was like, okay, just start with the first one, you know, that you hear. 
send that one out to the group, set that appointment, that date, and kind of really help me like, kind of like not try and tackle it all mentally all at once, but just what's the first song? Let's do that one. And by the time we got done with that one, I already knew what the second one was and so forth and so on. And then it really started to take shape and um, the rest was history. So yeah, it was just about finding the story and figuring out what story I wanted to tell and you know, going one step at a time, one song at a time. So that's that's the way we did that one. So as an independent artist, um, was, you know, you talk about trying to keep yourself focused, um, you know, prior to having, you know, doing this by yourself and then having Taylor and other people helping you um, as an independent artist um, prior to this, was that something you struggled with a little bit, trying to, you know, focus yourself on one particular vision or one particular sound? I think if anything, when it comes to being an independent artist, your difficulties are like, you know, financial, you know, not having the resources. And then also the difficulties are connections, you know. It's really hard, you know, this whole weekend has been amazing, especially since like, I don't, you know, have a label. I don't have a management. I don't have a distribution. I just landed a, a distribution um, with family and friends out of a Detroit area, but um, it's been, I'd say that's been what's the hardest part because, you know, you see other artists who have those lifelines and those opportunities and it's, it just seems like um, it, it's a certain path set out and it's hard to break, break into that. Like I've been trying to crack the code for years. It's kind of like if you're, if you're not part of some fellowship or initiative or click or crew, you're kind of out on a limb or kind of out at sea. And being the kind of artist I am, it's kind of like sometimes I don't exactly fit in with some of the um, Detroit artists. And then sometimes I'm not, you know, I'm not quite the same as like your typical Ann Arbor folk, which is really big around here as well. So. Um, you know, I kind of feel like a mixed kid <laughs> in the music scene because um, it's uh, you, I kind of get a little bit of um, I don't know ambivalence. I want to say uh, from both sides sometimes when it comes to certain things. But you know, I think this project release has been really important because I'm starting to see that. Um, shift a little bit and I, I really kind of started to see that people do see me as a kind of an individual artist and I don't necessarily need to fit into uh, one click or the other so um, I think that's been the good thing about this experience is even though I'm a, an indie artist um, people still see me and they still hear me so recent Metro Times cover um, yeah. and also, you know, just Metro Times. Yeah, WDT coverage. So yeah, just being yourself is working to a degree. And yeah. it's like, you know, we appreciate you, you know, in some form. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's, it's starting to spread. So I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Got you. Got you. Um, so 
um, talking about, you know, the sound difference between, you know, the past EP and this one. Um, mm-hmm. Do you believe, um, you know, with this new direction you have, um, do you see yourself going back to lo-fi uh, recordings in the future or just something that you want to build, expand upon with the with the sound that comes out of the future? Um, I don't know. Like, I have so many influences, Roosevelt. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I could come out with, like, a music theater sound. That, no, I'm just kidding. But, like, I don't know. Like, if, if, if I'm really honest, I don't know what's next. I have a feeling that, that my, my lo-fi vibe is going to make its way back. Um, in a different way, perhaps, um, and, or in a new way. It's it's kind of like I'm always kind of searching for uh, the next thing, you know? Um, I anticipate, at least I hope so, but, you know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So if that's the case, I got to keep elevating and, and transforming before people start sounding like me. <laughs> so that's what motivates me to be like, okay, what's next? So... Who knows? I think um, I do have some ideas and I want to do some collabs. Like there's some artists that I've really been um, kind of wanting to work with that we've talked about it. I think it's it's about that time now, like me and Anna are planning to work together. Sophia E, Nadim Azam and um, Al Bettis. I think those are my top uh, collab um, ideas. And then obviously I still want to work with some producers uh, to do some some other kind of stuff that'll that'll be kind of a secret. Maybe a there there will be a remix to the future, and I think you're gonna like it in particular because it's gonna be kind of healthy. You know, you hear it in there, don't you? Yeah, I do. So I like, do. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to do some things with there too. Yeah, some kind of drum bass, very Detroit sounding. So yeah, so who knows? All right. <laughs> Okay, um, so just wrapping up, Danny. Um, you know, the future is out. Um, for those in particular who have maybe lingering fears about their own future, um, how would you like this EP and your own story um, as a whole to help anyone who has, you know, any uncertainties, uncertainties about you know this new world that we're more or less coming into? I think the thing you have to just really hold on to is tapping in with yourself and self-care and taking it at your own pace because there's going to be ups and downs and the world's opening back up and the future's coming, but the future's always coming. You know, that's the way time is. And you just have to try and find a place to accept what is and anticipate the future and kind of figure out how you can be your best self regardless of what comes. And I think that's the thing, like when you are on the precipice of something or something's coming at you. It's all about how you deal with it. So I think getting in a place where you feel good or you're, you know, vibing or connecting with, you know, your people, your family, all of that. I think the future is bright if we keep remembering the love and remembering to honor ourselves and to love each other. Perfect. Danny Darling, thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. WXOU Auburn Hills, Michigan You were Tuned to the Friday Night Groove With your host Roosevelt Belton Jr. Better known as R.B.J. For short You just heard My interview With Danny Darling You've liked your heard night you find her latest EP, The Future, now streaming on all apps. You can also keep up with Danny by searching for Danny Darling Music, that's D-A-N-I, on Instagram and Facebook, and Soul Galaxy Girl on Twitter. Our this episode will also be available soon. You can keep in touch with the release by visiting FridayNightGroove.com. Thank you as always, Danny, for a wonderful interview. We're going to end this program 
with a title track from EP, The Future. Peace. Thank you. I'll catch you next Friday. It was fun.